Church, once again, can we just celebrate the baptism and new life of Jason and Christy? Isn't that awesome that we got to be here and celebrate that with them? So if you do not know me, uh, my name is Tyler, and it's because I hide in the commons on Sunday mornings. That's probably why you don't know me. But I have the awesome privilege to uh, working with the students here as the director of student ministries. So real quick, I got to shout out the students in here. And it's awesome. It's an awesome time that we get to, uh, when we get to pause on student programming and come in here and worship with you guys. We just, we love it. We love it. So I'm excited this morning because I get to do something that I really love. I really love to study the Bible and to share with you guys uh, just the insights that, that I get from it. So I'm super excited to do that. And I'm very excited to be continuing our series, uh, 52 Pursuit of Jesus, where we've been using this book, Quest uh, 52 by, uh, by Mark Moore. It's, it's great. I've been loving this book. They actually have a student edition of this book, and we've been using it for our small groups on Wednesday night. And I just love the, the conversations that I'm hearing are happening during our Wednesday night small groups because of this book. So this week we're in uh, chapter 18, which focuses on this question. Does Jesus care about my pain? Yes. Jesus does care about your pain. Uh, and that just sums it up right there. Uh, I'm going to pray it out. And we're just going to end, go on with the rest of our Sundays. It's, it's great. Some of you got really excited right there. You said, mm, preacher went two minutes. I got a whole Sunday. You're all really excited. But uh, I got a lot more to share with you, actually. So sorry to, to, to ruin that moment. But, uh, so we're going to look in the book of Mark, uh, in Mark chapter 1 this morning. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away, so he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to the other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. This is why I came. So we traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. So Jesus, he just got done teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Well, uh, Simon Peter, he actually lived really close. And let me show you. If you go there today, it looks like this. You see this synagogue right here? That is the synagogue that's built on top of the synagogue that Jesus was preaching at during uh, the time of the passage that we just read. And if you look over here, there's this building that looks kind of like a spaceship. So that's a, a Catholic church. And then under the Catholic church, it shows this. This uh, octagonal brick structure is what is believed to be Peter's house. And is where Jesus, James, John, Peter, and Andrew went. So they walk in. 
And there's Peter's mother-in-law. And Jesus walks over to her, grabs her by the hand, helps her up, and the fever left her. And the fever left her. Well, word spread about what happened. Word spread, and, and eventually the whole town gathered, bringing their sick, and, and people needed healing. And, and I actually really love the way that Mark Moore puts this. Everyone from miles around showed up at Peter's humble home. People carried cots, hobbled on crutches, ran with children in their arms. The bruised, fatigued, bandaged, pushed for time with Jesus. See, it was a pit of human pain, and Jesus waited in the middle of it. You see, this crowd, it probably stretched for miles and miles, all just wanting a little bit of time with Jesus. So what does Jesus do? Well, Jesus, uh, to me, shows us that he does, in fact, care for our pain. Because picture this scene. All at this fisherman's house next to the sea in Capernaum, Jesus took his time with each individual as if they were the only ones with him. Jesus walked up to each of them and he asked them things like, how long have you had this? How long have you been hurting who brought you here tonight would you like to be healed jesus see he looked at them and he said hey do you know that god loves you do you know that god loves you and do you know that you are immensely important to him jesus went to each of them one by one making them feel like it was just them And Jesus there. He healed all of their pain one by one. Just imagine this scene at this little house in Capernaum. What were once mourns will they turn to worship? Shrieks were now laughter and tears of pain. Well, they were now tears of joy. Each healing, it created this new wave of celebration as Jesus was showing that he cared about their pain and was healing them one by one. I think that shows that Jesus does care about our pain as he took the time one by one to heal. He heals them all, and which that must have taken all night. And this is what happens Next, Jesus gets up before everyone else, and I think he walks out of Peter's home. This is what I think he does. He walks out of Peter's home, and he sees the streets. And the streets are just covered with bandages and crutches and cots that are no longer needed. And I can't help but but tear up a little bit when I think about All of the pain, all of the brokenness, all of diseases that were healed that night simply by the power of Jesus' love. All right, so we see that Jesus cares about our pain. So the next big question is is this. It's it's now what, right? So Jesus cares about our pain and, and he offers healing. Now what? Now what are we supposed to do with it? Well, I think there are two things. There are two things that we're supposed to do after Jesus takes our pain and and he offers us healing. 
the first thing I think we are to do shows itself in the beginning of the passage we read. We're going to look at it again real quick. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. Actually, I want to look at a a different translation that says this. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her. And she began to serve them. She began to serve them. Can you guess what the first thing I think we're supposed to do after Jesus offers us healing and takes our pain? Do you think that the first thing, I, I tried to make it pretty easy for you. The first thing we're supposed to do when Jesus takes our pain is we're supposed to serve. We're supposed to serve. Picture this, you know, Peter, Peter's mother-in-law, uh, Jesus walks in, he, he heals her. What's the first thing she did? She got up and she prepared a meal for them. Or she served them. The same thing should be true for us when Jesus heals us. We should serve. And lucky for you, we value serving so much here at OCC. It's actually one of our next five steps. We have surrender, serve, give, group, and invite. Let me ask you this question. How many of us want to be great? How many? It's okay. I, how many of us want to be great? I mean, it's okay. I want to be great. At everything I do, I want to be great. And I think deep down, all of us want to be great. Deep down, I think all of us want to be great. And listen to this quote about being great from Dr. King. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. We can all be great. All of us, every single one of us. We can be great because we all have the ability to serve. So we are called to serve. And and actually, I think one of the most fulfilling things in life is serving others. And here at OCC, I said, lucky for you, we value serving so much that we have over 30 different areas that you can serve in. See, we have OCC kids where you can serve in different areas like large group and small group, check-in, tech, and events. We have, in my biased opinion, like the best area to serve, the most fun area to serve because you get to serve with me and I'm a pretty cool guy. So we have students where you can serve in, in areas like large group, small group, tech, and events. We have first impressions where you can serve in different areas like being a greeter, being an usher, or helping in the coffee corner so everyone has that amazing coffee to drink every Sunday morning. Like, bless those people. We need the coffee on Sunday mornings. You can serve as an online host. You can serve as a next step coach. You can serve in facilities and areas like cleaning, which is inside the building, or or beautification, which is outside of our building. We have mowing and general maintenance, medical response and safety team. You can serve in creative arts in areas like the band and and vocals and live video, audio, lighting, or, or stage crew. You can serve in community outreach in areas like helping with on-campus bridge events like our spring fest, summer fest, and, and fall fest. You can help with our food pantry. You can help with our school partnerships. You can help us with just one-day projects. 
I just listed a bunch of areas that you can serve in here at OCC. Like I said, there are over 30 different areas that you can serve in here. I know what some of you are probably thinking right now. Well, Tyler, I come to church, so I can't really serve because, well, I gotta be in service. Well, yes, you need to be in service, but I'm here to tell you that I'm going to offer you a solution. Like I'm gonna solve your problem because we have two services. You can come in, you can serve one, and you can attend one. You can serve one, and you can attend one. What I, what I mean by that is so we have two services every Sunday, right? 9.30 and 11. So if you come to the 9.30 service, great. I love that you're here. Well, during the next hour, during the 11 o'clock hour, just stay a little bit and serve. If you normally come to the 11 o'clock hour, which is awesome, I love that. It might be hard at first, but wake up a couple hours earlier, a little bit earlier, and come serve during the 9.30 hour. Come serve and help us in our mission to help everyone find and follow Jesus. If any of those areas that I mentioned, well, they sparked interest in you, I invite you to please go talk to our Next Steps team and they're in the bright shirts and they will gladly help you, point you in the right direction on what the next steps are for you to serve in here at OCC. Or you can just go to oklonacc.org slash serve and all of the over 30 areas I mentioned earlier, I'm not gonna read them again. You can find all of them there. But maybe none of those areas I mentioned, maybe none of them like sparked interest in you. But you have this awesome gift. You have this ability to serve and in a way that I didn't mention. That's awesome. I love that. I want to invite you to tell us what it is. Come talk to us so that we can, uh, we can figure out a way. We can talk to you about a way that you can serve our people here in that way. And you can serve doing something that you love. But some of you still might be having a little bit of hesitation. There might still be some hesitation. Maybe you're thinking, I can't serve. I just can't. Or maybe you're like, you know, I just don't know how. Like Tyler, I get that we're supposed to attend one and serve one, but I just don't know how to do any of the things that you guys need help with. Well, I think Dr. King had another great, great, oh, wow, another great quote about that. <laughs> he said this. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. All you need to serve, all you need to serve is a heart full of grace and a soul that's generated by love. So the next question, well, well, how do I get that? How do we get that? How do we get that heart full of grace? Well, you let Jesus heal your pain. You let Jesus heal your pain and you let him offer you this heart full of grace. So how do we get a soul generated by love? Well, you let Jesus heal your pain and and you let him fill your heart full of grace. And by doing that, you accept the love that Christ has for you and you want nothing more to share that love with others, that's how you get a soul generated by love. 
Some of you still might be saying, I I just can't. I just don't know how. Well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. If you have a heart that's full of grace and you have a soul that's generated by love, there is not anything that you cannot do. You have that heart that's full of grace and that soul Generated by love, there is not a thing that you cannot do because there is not a thing that you cannot be taught how to do. Because when you have that heart full of grace and soul generated by love, you're gonna have a, a willing heart to serve. And if you're willing, there is not a thing that you can't be taught how to do. Like we can teach you how to work the camera. We can teach you how to work the camera and you can serve that way. You got that heart full of grace and soul generated by love. We can teach you to run slides. We can teach you to work the check-in desk. We can teach you to do anything if you have a heart full of grace and a soul generated by the love of Christ. You have those two things and we will find an area for you to serve in because we will teach you how to do anything. But there's another, there's another thing that we must do when Jesus heals our pain. So we, then he goes off to pray. He goes off to pray that morning. And people again, well, they show up one by one. They show up to Peter's house again because they heard that's where Jesus was. And they're searching for healing. And they're searching for the healing of their pain, but Jesus was nowhere to be found. So Peter and the rest of the guys that were with him, they went and looked for Jesus and they found Jesus and they said, hey, everyone's looking for you. Everyone's looking for you. Just take a second. Like Jesus didn't know that they were all looking for him, right? Like he said, everyone's looking for you. Jesus was like, I know they're looking for me. Like I'm Jesus, kind of know these things. Again, I love how, how Mark Moore, he puts us in the, in the student edition. When Peter finally found him with a tone of frustration, he said, everyone's looking for you. Like as if Jesus had FOMO or fear of missing out. Like here's how I picture this happening. They find Jesus. He's, you know, sitting there being Jesus, praying. And, and Peter, he gets up to him and he's like, hey man, like wait, we got all these people here. Uh, everyone's kind of looking for you. We kind of, we need you. He's just sitting there and he's still praying. Like, I think Peter said that to him and he's still just sitting there praying. Like, he's just, uh, and then he looks up at Peter and he's just like, oh yeah, I know they're looking for me. But we have to move on because I have things that I was sent here to do. We have to, we have to move on. And I think at that time, like Peter had this like shocked look on his face, like, you're just gonna leave all these people here? Like, they need, they need healing. He's like, yeah, I know they're looking for me, but it's time for us to go. And actually, this is how it was recorded in the Gospel of Luke. And when it was day, he departed and went to a desolate place, and the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. 
And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. I love how Luke puts it because I think it's it's more of what I see when I read this story. The crowd that was there that came for healing to Peter's house, well, they probably would have followed Peter and everybody else and they were going to Jesus because, well, if anybody knew where Jesus was, it was the people that were with him. So they were like, well, if they're going to find Jesus, I'm just going to follow them so I can find Jesus too. So they all find Jesus. And I want to focus on verse 42 for a second. And when it was day, he departed and went to a desolate place and the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. I think this is more what it would look like. Yes, Peter would have said, everyone is looking for you, right? But I think the whole crowd followed them and they were searching for healing and they said, Jesus, please stay. Jesus, please don't leave. Jesus, I need you to stay here. Jesus, you can't leave. Help us stay. We need you. But Jesus looks at the crowd. And I think this is more than just the people that were searching for healing. Now I think at this point, all the people that were healed the night before, well, they came back. And I think Jesus saw this as a teaching moment. Not only for Peter, Andrew, James, and John, but also a teaching moment for the crowd that was healed the night before. Jesus looked at all of them and he said in verse 43, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. To me, this is Jesus saying, hey, I healed you. Jesus was saying, hey, I healed you, but now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to take care of the sick, to take care of these people. Jesus was saying, yes, I healed you, but I must go on. It's now your turn to take care of the sick and the healing of the people. Because yes, Jesus does care about your pain. He cares about our pain, but... He also cares about the pain of others that you may be able to alleviate. He also cares about the pain of others that you may be able to alleviate. This was a teaching moment to Jesus for me. He was saying, I have healed you, but hey, there's going to be a time when I'm not going to be here. There's going to be a time where I'm not here and I'm going to need you guys to take care of the people around you. I'm not going to be here, so you got to take care of the sick. You got to take care of the brokenness. You have to take care and care for the pain and brokenness of others. Because Jesus cares about the pain of others that we may be able to alleviate. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? Some of you right now may be thinking, well, whose pain can I alleviate? Well, whose pain can I alleviate? Well, let me give you some examples. In seventh grade, I lost a youth group leader tragically in a car accident. That brought a whole lot of pain at a very young age because I lost someone that I cared about and loved dearly. At 15, my parents got a divorce, and that brought with it a lot of pain. 
At 20, at 20, my stepdad was diagnosed with brain cancer. At 21, my stepdad lost his battle to brain cancer and I officiated his funeral. That brought with it a lot of pain. At 22, my grandpa was diagnosed with kidney cancer and my uncle was diagnosed with kidney cancer. They're still fighting today. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm way too familiar with that dreaded C word. I'm way too familiar with it. See, shortly after moving here at, at 24, my grandma was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. That brought a lot of pain. All of these things, they have brought so much pain and so much heartache and so much brokenness. But guess what? Jesus cared about my pain because of people around me. He healed my pain because people knew that it was their job to help alleviate the pain of others. So now I use the healing that I got from the pain that I faced and the healing I got and I help alleviate the pain of others. I let God take my pain and he took the mess that I was in the midst of my pain and he turned it into a message where I get to share the love that I received from my heavenly father. Took the mess that I was and he turned it into a message for him. Now I didn't say all these things for you to feel bad for me. I didn't say all these things for you just to think, man, he's really had it rough. No, I I said all of these things because a lot of you out there have gone through similar things. A lot of you here have gone through a lot of similar things and I wanted to show you, I wanted to show you that Jesus offers healing that Jesus offers healing through all of that and you can use that and you can help alleviate the pain of others. Maybe, maybe you've tragically lost a child. I'm so sorry that happened. But you can let Jesus take that pain and you can use that healing to bring healing to others. Maybe just like me, maybe you're way too familiar with the word cancer. Let Jesus take that pain and use it to bring healing to others. Let Jesus take whatever pain you have. Let him take it and turn it into healing. Let Jesus take your mess and turn it into a message that brings some healing and love to this broken world that is really searching for it. So I asked my student ministry leaders, what is one of the most rewarding things you can do in life? Earlier I said, I think serving others is one of the most rewarding things. Here's what a couple of them said. Being a positive influence in someone else's life. Or one of my favorite answers I got was this. Being the one to another person that allows them to find Jesus in their life.
being the one that allows that allows another person to find Jesus in their life. See, we can use our pain. We can use our pain. We can use the healing that we've received and we can bring healing to others by being a positive influence. And maybe by doing that, we can be the one. We can be the one that helps them find and follow Jesus. See, maybe there are some of you this morning who haven't found that healing yet and you're carrying around a bunch of pain and you've been carrying it for way too long and you are tired. Well, Matthew eleven twenty eight says this, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. If that's you this morning, if that's you this morning, maybe it's time for you to allow him to take that pain and give you the rest and you need to surrender your life to Christ. You need to surrender your life to him in baptism. If that's you this morning, we got water. We got a change of clothes and we have towels because we want nothing to stop you from taking that next step this morning. So why wait? Come find the rest that Jesus offers this morning. There'll be some people down front that would love to have that conversation with you. Maybe you're here this morning and you see someone to listen to your story and to pray for you and to pray for the healing to come into your life. And if that's you, we'll have some elders and staff down front that would love nothing more than to pray for you and for Jesus to bring the healing. Because yes, Jesus really cares about our pain. He cares so much that he takes our pain and offers us healing and love. And because of that, we need to serve and we need to help alleviate the pain of a broken world. We need to help alleviate the pain of others. And by doing that, we will show love and we will show hope to a world that is in desperate need of love and hope. So if you've came here this morning tired and just hurting, Jesus is waiting with open arms to offer you love and healing. Do you guys pray with me? God, we love you. We love you so much. And we are so thankful that you love us and you love us so much to, to take our pain, to take the hurt and to fill us up and allow us to use the healing to go and alleviate the pain of others. We thank you so much for your son. We're sending him down here to live that perfect, sinless life. We love you. So we pray. Amen.